Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why, hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across America. Yes, I know. Everybody's subjected to my voice. (laughs) The phone number. (laughs) 877 Nine seven three seven four two five. If if you were here and then stepped out, the scans are good. Thank you for the prayers. We got to talk about the economy. There is a story out of Bloomberg. Headline: Inflation is so bad, Democrats want Biden to do more for midterms. As Ronald Reagan might have put it, "Here we go again." 42 years after inflation helped sweep the former California governor into the White House and return the Senate to GOP control, surging prices threaten once again to upend a Democratic administration. President Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats in Congress are desperate to avoid the fate of President Jimmy Carter, ousted after one term. But Biden so far has had little success in either figuring out how to douse inflation that's running at a four-decade high or even convincing voters that it wasn't his $1,400 stimulus check that acted as kindling. Inside the administration, there's a sense of frustration, doom, and some say magical thinking about inflation but no clear path on the best way for the White House to grapple with an economic phenomenon that's been more severe and lasted longer than officials expected. Unfortunately for Biden and Democrats, the lesson from the 1970s and 80s is that U.S. presidents are quite limited in what they can do on their own to tamp down price pressures. <laughs> Oh, my friends. You know, I told Charlie, I, I, I sent him the audio clips in the morning and say, hey, could you get this? Could you get that? Uh, could, could you get this one here, that one here? Well, I want to play you a clip from yesterday's. I told him not to get these because I wasn't going to play them, and now here I am. I'm going to play you just one from yesterday's White House press briefing. Very important here. Listen to this from Jin Saki, the White House press secretary, trying to explain inflation. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, as, as we look ahead to tomorrow's inflation speech, let me ask you to look back at some of the uh, warnings that were issued uh, 
last year by uh, Summers and Ratner and so on. In retrospect, were they right that uh, some of the government policies were going to lead to inflation? Uh, I wouldn't say we agreed with them then, and we don't agree with them now. I would note that um, <clears throat> as it relates to actions like the American Rescue Plan, the alternative to not putting in place and advocating for the American Rescue Plan would have been the economy continuing to spiral, right? We, would, we were providing assistance and relief in the form of checks to people who needed that assistance at the time. That, that package also helped fund and prepare for a fight against COVID. It helped keep schools open. 100% of schools are open today, in large part because of the American Rescue Plan. It helps states and localities support and keep teacher, keep, uh, keep police, keep local authorities, keep local governments open at a time where that was in question. So we know, if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. Two-thirds to 70% of inflation is a result of energy prices. She goes on to blame Vladimir Putin for that. By the way, I, I, I want to say something. She's right. She's right. Two-thirds of inflation right now that we're seeing in this country are energy prices. The energy price, think about all the aspects of this. Just, just, just follow along with me. You have to get grain out of the farm to the cattle that requires equipment that runs on gas and the price has gone up. Then those cows, once fed, have to be transported to the slaughterhouse. Takes gas. Then the beef has to be kept cold, takes power, and then transported to grocery stores, takes power. They're placed on the styrofoam packages, and the styrofoam is made out of petroleum products and wrapped in plastic. That's a petroleum product. That cost has gone up related to fossil fuel costs. So many of our energy costs are translated into other costs that also go up, and they're all directly related to the price of a barrel of oil. So much of the plastics, the transport costs, the cost of the gas in your own car, it's all going up. Part of that is because they dumped so much money into the economy and they subsidized people staying home and spending money. And then there was a supply chain crisis and the supply demand curve got out of whack as a result. But you know, there's an easy solution. Everyone says, the media says, Bloomberg News says, the economist says, oh, there's not a whole lot the president can do. There's one thing. There's one thing the president can do. It's the one thing he will not do. It's the one thing he is philosophically, epistemically, big word there, opposed to doing. He won't do it. 
You know what it is. Come on. You know. Drill for oil. Shh. We don't want to upset the liberals. We don't want to worry them. Be quiet about it. Drill for oil. He could do that. He could do that. The president could open up Anwar. He closed it down. He could open it up. That would begin lowering prices. The expectation of advanced energy, of additional energy production would begin lowering prices. He could reduce regulations and speed up the approval of leases and the drilling permits on existing leases. He could do that, and he won't. When the president released those those millions of barrels of oil for the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, guess what? The price of the gas began to go down. But guess what? Now he's got to refill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. That's why your prices are almost at record highs now. Because he's starting the process of filling back up the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. They put the bid out. They got to fill it back up. The world knows there's going to be a reduction of those millions of barrels of oil as a result of that. And so the price goes up. Remember our great economic run we had uh, from, from uh, until the financial crisis in 2008, the George W. Bush economy started singing. I mean, it was just humming along. And then Barack Obama got it back to some degree as well. And then when Donald Trump became president, the economy was smoking. It was smoking. It was going so far, so fast, so hard. What was it doing? It was doing it all because of cheap energy, cheap energy prices, cheap fossil fuel prices. The price of a barrel of oil got down to about 20 bucks, and people could – plastics costs went down. Petroleum costs went down. Gas products prices went down. That reduced the cost for farmers and overhead. That brought prices down. Energy has a big role to play. Jen Psaki says two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is a result of energy prices. Listen to this. This is the end of that statement. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. But you didn't have to predict it a year ago because we were energy independent until Joe Biden came in. We were energy independent. We were a net energy exporter. And then they made us dependent on the world again. And they made the world more dependent on Russia. Or I started to say Obama, Joe Biden. The Biden team did this. And they could undo it and it would help lower prices. But they can't. Last night, protesters showed up at Sam Alito's house. He's gone into hiding. You know, Ilya Shapiro uh, the lawyer who was uh, disciplined by Georgetown Law for a tweet they thought was racist, and it really wasn't. Ilya Shapiro reported that Justice Alito and his family have gone into hiding, that the federal government is protecting them. It's true, by the way, but he won't tell who his sources are. The Supreme Court won't confirm it. 
the media is attacking him, claiming he made it up. It's not. It's true. It's actually happening. While the protesters showed up last night, they hadn't shown up before last night because the word got out that he was in hiding, that the federal government had taken him into protective custody with his family to protect him and his family. The protesters showed up yesterday when media outlets started questioning that report. One of the protesters held up a sign, climate justice is impossible without gender justice. And the other side said climate rights are impossible without gender rights. What the hell is gender justice other than you've got to get her back in the kitchen when she didn't put enough cold cuts in between the two pieces of bread? I mean, that, that I guess, is gender justice. <laughs> I kid. I kid because I love this thick sliced turkey, lady. Get back in the kitchen. I, I, I want an extra mayo and a little mustard. Come on, make my sandwich right. This is gender justice. I know. I know. I'm making you mad. But what is this? Notice they, they've leaked gender justice and climate justice, environmental justice. Really? Really? That, that's what you're going to do? You're going to link these together? Well, when you are philosophically under the belief that the world is going to end in the next few years, you can't do anything to expand the production of fossil fuels. And unless you do, you're not going to lower prices. You know, this is a remarkable setup for President DeSantis or whoever the next Republican is, because all they have to do is come in, put back in the Anwar executive order, and prices immediately begin to go down with the expectation of increased production. They can rapidly start rolling out these leases again, declare an end to the war on fossil fuels, and boost production of the oil and gas industry. And then dare the next Democrat to stop it and cause inflation again, cause energy prices again. Biden and the Democrats have painted themselves into a corner on this, and the Republicans are going to reap the whirlwind on this. The Democrats are in abject, absolute panic. From the Washington Post, one week after the leak of a draft Supreme Court opinion that would eliminate the constitutional right to abortion, Republican candidates and strategists are increasingly confident that such a decision would not seriously harm the GOP's chances of regaining House and Senate majorities come November, as Democrats have suggested it might. That belief is rooted in reams of polling, nearly all of it conducted before the leak, showing the economic challenges, particularly runaway inflation, are by far the most powerful force motivating voters this year, followed by crime and immigration issues where Republicans believe they have an enduring advantage. And so far, they see scant evidence that reproductive rights are set to dislodge those priorities, given the often muted reaction in states that have already moved to restrict abortion rights. They're right. You know, in the CNN poll of the generic ballot, people's desire for a Republican-controlled Congress went up by four points after the Dobbs leak. Democrats and Republicans, a small percentage of each, get really animated by the abortion issue, but the majority of the people who get animated by it are pro-lifers, not pro-abortionists. Inflation, the economy, 
Those are going to be the issues for 2022. And Joe Biden knows it again today. He was asked about abortion, refused to even approach the subject, wanting to focus on inflation. That tells you everything you need to know. I got to send out a recipe, don't I? I'll come up with something to send out. I've been experimenting with lots of things. You can text recipe to 33777. I'll surprise you some point this week with something. Uh, Steve Schmidt has uh, been on a Twitter diatribe. Actually, uh, went off uh, me uh, and went off on Sarah Palin, went off on Meghan McCain, among others. Um, it just it, very, very insane. And I, I got a, I got a theory about this. Basically he tweeted almost for 48 hours with very little stop, something clearly going on with the guy. Uh, he's also claiming, uh, essentially that the relationship John McCain had with the lobbyist rumored Dove had was true. Um, everyone else is denying it. He's essentially now vilifying John McCain, who gave him a start in politics. For those of you unfamiliar with Steve Schmidt, he's a um, moralist hack who helps run the Lincoln Project and help cover for John Weaver, the kid toucher. Uh, and it just, it just pitiful, pitiful character. Not a very nice guy. Going after Sarah Palin now. Going has gone after John McCain, went after me in this thread, um, blaming me for um, defending Sarah Palin, went after Megan McCain. And you know what? I, I, I got to say something for the record. As, as much as I don't care for this guy, and this is my theory of why he's having this meltdown. Steve Schmidt did one remarkably good and important thing in life. He got Sam Alito across the finish line. Steve Schmidt gamed out Sam Alito's confirmation in 2005-2006 and was able to get Samuel Alito confirmed to the United States Supreme Court. But for Steve Schmidt, the Dobbs case may never have happened. We may not have gotten there. He was able to get Sam Alito confirmed. And I suspect that's why he's having the meltdown is he's realized now he's grifting off the left these days. And can he continue to bring in the money once they realize he's owed a lot of the credit for the Dobbs case by getting Alito confirmed? Uh, that's probably why he's melting down. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, uh, glad to have you with me. I, I, I got to do something real quick. Um, I have done a review, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this issue, but um, I have done a review of abortion polling in this country. And you know what? The most interesting thing is, is that it's all confused and confusing and allows everybody to stake out a claim and a position when actually it's it's really, really confusing. People don't really get the issue. I have written about this in World Magazine where I'm a contributor. And I hope you might read this for yourself so you get a better understanding of it. And I, I do want to review it with you. 
Um, it's just so you're the most informed member in your circle of friends. Uh, no red meat here, just what the data actually says. You can text the word data to 33777, and I'll send you back a link to the piece I wrote in World Magazine. It's available without a subscription. Um, but this is actually very fascinating. Let me give it to you in a nutshell. Two-thirds of Americans, according to Pew, Pew Research has done the most detailed polling on abortion in America. And now, and I got to step back and, and say this again because I've, I've heard from a number of program directors around the country of radio stations, of talk radio stations, and they, they all agree with my buddy Greg, uh, who was a, a program director. He was actually the in charge of WSB for a number of years, uh, Greg Mosheri, and uh, that you don't talk about abortion. It is a highly divisive issue. Even among conservative listeners of talk radio, it's very divisive. You avoid it unless it's in the news. And I got to tell you, and Greg often listens to the show. I don't know if he's listening right now. But uh, if he wants proof in the pudding, let me give you the Pew Research data on this. It's going to kind of blow your mind on this. Pew Research, again, has done the most detailed polling of abortion and public policy in America. You know what they find? Two-thirds of Americans say that abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. Two-thirds of Americans say abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. Do you know what else? That's 66%, by the way, 66% of Americans— Say abortion should be illegal in all or most cases. Do you know what else Pew found? 71% of Americans say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. <laughs> yes. Yes. 66% say it should be illegal in all or most cases. 71% say it should be illegal or should be legal in all or most cases, which explains how both sides can navigate the polling and arrive at their own conclusion that a majority of Americans agree with them. Uh, the real world data actually doesn't exist to generalize what Americans think about the issue of abortion. It's simply not there. People don't know. Now, part of this is because most Americans really believe that ending Roe v. Wade means you're banning abortion, which isn't true. It just returns it to the states. Once people understand that, the views become a little more complex. Where most Americans don't favor my position of ban at all, most Americans don't favor the left's position of let it be legal all the way through. The overwhelming majority of Americans, about 60% of Americans, say at 15 weeks, that should be the cutoff point, which is the law in Mississippi, by the way, the Mississippi case in Dobbs, 15-week abortion ban. Majority of Americans agree with that. Uh, also, a majority of Americans believe that the states should be allowed to decide the issue, not the federal government and certainly not the courts. Only 11% of Americans believe the federal courts should uh, state what the position for abortion in America should be. About a uh, 40% want the states to do it. About uh, 25% want Congress to do it. A lot of Americans just don't know. Um, 20% don't know specifically. 
it, it, it just I'm fascinated by this because it, it is a a policy issue that is fraught with all sorts of problems. By the way, something like 47 percent of Americans uh, favor restricting it at six weeks. That the the fetal heartbeat ban that Georgia and other states passed was at roughly six seven weeks, and um, plurality of Americans support that. So you can't really say. But there are some real-world tests you need to understand. One of those tests is a man named Ed Setzler. Ed Setzler is a good man. I believe he's running for the state senate in Georgia now. If you're in his district, you should vote for him. Ed Setzler is a, is a genuinely good guy. And Ed Setzler was the drafter, the author of Georgia's fetal heartbeat ban, the six weeks ban. And Democrats nationwide came after him. He was the most targeted state legislator on the ballot in any state in 2020. More progressives across America poured money into defeating this one state representative than defeating or or supporting a whole lot of people around the country. Because he was in a district that Hillary Clinton won against Donald Trump in 2016, that Stacey Abrams won against Brian Kemp in 2018, and appeared to be going for Joe Biden against Donald Trump. And by the way, Joe Biden won the district against Donald Trump. And Ed Setzler won re-election. A Republican in a district that was going Democrat, he won re-election. Democrats around the country, Hollywood celebrities poured money in to beat him because he authored the fetal heartbeat ban. And he won. He won on a whole lot of issues. Uh, he's a great retail politician. He goes door to door. He's a nice guy. People like him. Uh, he got a significant portion of the black vote in his district. Uh, people really like him. He's running for the state Senate now. He had term limited himself, and now he's running for the state Senate in the House. And now he's running for the state Senate. I, I hope he wins. He's a great dude. Uh, and he authored the field heartbeat ban. And there's you a data point that this is not a destructive issue. In a swing district that went Democrat, Democrats voted for him. It's far more complicated than people think, and that's one reason why I think uh, people like my friend Greg, who who ran a lot of talk radio stations, is right. It's not an issue to talk about regularly, and I've talked about it way more than I really want to talk about it. You all know my position on it. Uh, You're not going to change a lot of hearts and minds on the issue, but it is a newsy item right now. And if you want to see the data for yourself and digest it, I, I have made it very simple for you. It's very, very confusing. Americans just don't really know what they want, but there are a few trends you can gather, uh, one of which is a very small minority want the Supreme Court to be the final arbiter, and a large portion actually want to regulate abortion. The further into the pregnancy you go, they get to the point of wanting to ban it. A majority of Americans want to ban late-term abortions. You wouldn't know this from the Democrats. You wouldn't. But that's what the data shows. I'm I'm deeply fascinated by the contradictory nature of it and also by all the polling and the ability of so many people to try to pull out of the polling their preferred position, to pull out of the polling what they say is so, and actually what really is so is a, a very uh, confused mess. And people just aren't sure 
they really understand what they actually want. Now, uh, I will move on from there because, uh, I mean, I, I, I could spend, frankly, all day breaking down the polling data on this stuff because it, it kind of transcends the conventional wisdom of a lot of people, frankly, on the left and the right. But the larger, more important issue here is that it's not going to be the thing that is persuasive to the American public. It is not going to be the issue that defines the midterm elections. In fact, I'm pulling up Real Clear Politics for their polling average. Uh, Joe Biden has had an uptick in his popularity ever so slightly, but he's still in brutal territory. The Economist YouGov poll is probably his most favorable poll right now. It's the one that still has the Democrats leading in the generic ballot for Congress. It's the only one that has the uh, Democrats leading. And it's got him down four. Reuters Ipsos has him down six. IBD tip poll has him down eight. CNN has him down 18. Fox News has him down eight. ABC News Washington Post has him down 10. The trend lines are bad for the president right now. And they are moving exactly where I told you all that they were going to move. It was kind of obvious. They've got nothing left. And it's to attack the Republicans and say, you think it's bad now? Wait until the Republicans are in charge. But there's a fundamental problem with this line of argument. Anybody? You know it? I bet you do. I bet you can intuit it. You you, you can understand it without me saying it. You know it. But I'm going to state the obvious. We just had Donald Trump for president. We just had Donald Trump for president. We did. And it wasn't bad. Donald Trump wasn't bad. The economy did great. The economy did fantastic. Best economy we've had since Ronald Reagan. Low unemployment until COVID hit. Everything prior to COVID was great. We didn't have inflation. We had robust energy, energy independence. We had low prices. We had a roaring economy. We had uh, low inflation. We had low unemployment. We had max job capacity. Things were smoking along. So the hypothetical, you think it's bad now, wait till the Republicans. People remember it's only been two years, Joe Biden. Four years since the Republicans controlled everything, and it wasn't that bad. That's why it's a tough sell. So I was I, I wanted to take a trip to Vegas this weekend. I'm gonna go fishing instead. I, I need a break. I've had a lot going on. Uh I there there have been uh, a lot going on. And I can tell I'd like I need a break. I'm more and more mindful of this now because a, a couple of years ago. Uh, I I could tell I needed a break and, and I could I, I was having a hard time processing that I needed to take a break because I'm a workaholic. I love my job. If I could do radio all day long, I would do radio all day. I, I love it. Uh, no offense to my family, but my family kind of gets it. Uh, radio is my baby. I love it. But I, I started to get antsy. I started getting this feeling like I just I got to go unplug. Then I want to go to Vegas. Uh, I haven't been in a while. I got to go in July. I've actually got to go for work in July. Uh, we've got our affiliate out in Las Vegas. I got to go give a speech out there. So I'm going to go out there. Uh, and then I got to go from there to uh, Park City, Utah to give a speech at a conference there the third week of July. I'm going to be on the road that week. 
But I really, I need to take a break. I got to take a break. And I thought, let, let me go check. I'll, I'll go out to Vegas. It's really expensive right now. Like normally, it's it's not an expensive trip. Hotels aren't that expensive. Everything is expensive in Vegas right now. And you know what it is? The airfare, the cost of the, the aviation fuel for the planes, it's expensive I mean, I was looking at, at a, uh, I mean, main cabin, non-comfort plus, definitely not first class, and it was still 900 bucks. Unless I wanted to make three stops along the way and sit on the, the wing of Frontier, and then it was 500 bucks. But if I actually wanted to be inside the plane in a tiny little seat for my fat behind, it was like 900 bucks. Like, I think I'll go fishing. So I'll go to a place. There's a place in Georgia called Callaway Gardens. I'm going to go to Callaway Gardens for the weekend, and I'll go fish and play golf. I really wanted to go shoot guns, but it's too expensive. And ultimately, that's the issue here, folks. It's too expensive for people in America right now. And it doesn't matter the issue of abortion. It doesn't matter. Crime matters to a degree, but not as much as inflation and energy costs. And the Democrats dogmatically will not fix the energy issue. They won't do it because it would mean they would have to increase fossil fuels. And they can't bring themselves to do that. You know what's going to happen to them? They're going to get defeated on this issue because Americans' bottom line, given the choice between saving the planet in 10 years or having cheap fuel for their car today, they're going to choose the car today. And a Republican is going to come along and make that case to them. And the Democrats are going to get blown over the polls. It's already starting to happen. Reality is dawning for the Democrats. The days of doom are upon them, and they're becoming despondent. They're beginning to despair, and that's going to lead to anger and violence. We're already seeing that outside the justices of the Supreme Court's houses. You know what they need? The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. They could actually clean the air. They, they could purify their air. They could breathe deeply, relax. They're not going to have the mildew, the mold, the pollen, the bacteria. They're not going to have the stinky odors. They're not going to. They're not going to have the sulfurous odors some of them leave behind. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm takes care of all of that. And you can get three for less than $200. You're saving $200. You're getting them with free shipping by going to EdenPureDeals.com. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, uh, three, ERIC3. And you get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping. It's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code you use is E-R-I-C-K-3. No space. You don't write out the word three. Just use the number three. E-R-I-C-K-3. Eric3. EdenPureDeals.com. Well, uh, buckle up. Things are about to get insane. Something has happened. People are going to go crazy. Elon Musk has decided when he owns Twitter, he will restore Donald Trump's Twitter account. Says Jack Dorsey, uh, the old CEO and, and the inventor of Twitter, one of the founders of Twitter, uh, said that uh, they will restore it. Uh, he he will restore Donald Trump's account. He also said wrong and bad tweets should be deleted. 
shadow banned or temporarily suspended. There there will be regulation. Kira uh, Swisher, Swisher, who is a tech reporter, has been for years pretty aggressive progressive, but she also knows Elon Musk and did an interview and said it's it's not going to be that bad. We don't really know. He he's he's going to do content moderation. He wants to do it in some way differently, but it's going to in some way also um, allow more flexibility and more people on. If anything, Elon Musk has seen the double standard on Twitter, starting with the Babylon Bee. And now there, there's a clear, clear double standard on Twitter where they're allowing leftists – calling for assassinations of Supreme Court members to stay on. That's right. Uh, multiple Twitter accounts are calling for the assassination of members of the Supreme Court, and Twitter is saying, yeah, it's not a violation of the rules. There's an explicit provision prohibiting calling for violence or death against anyone. There's a clear double standard. Now, the leftists are beginning to melt down. As word begins trickling out today that Elon Musk wants to allow Donald Trump to come back. You know, um, it's it, people move from one thing to the next. It's, there's always a moral panic and a moral outrage. And we move from Elon Musk into the Dobbs situation. Now we're moving back into the Musk situation. Who knows what next week the outrages will be. But they become pretty predictable. And notice how they're sticking around again now. You can tell COVID's starting to fade because the same stories sticking around for multiple days, if not weeks, in the news cycle again. Uh, and it's just we're, we've moved beyond COVID for now. But, you know, they're starting to warn of another surge. I'm sure the left will try to take advantage of it for the election. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.